0: Hey, what's going on, greetings and good day, and welcome to what is, I'm sure now, the final Birds All Day podcast before spring training begins, which means this is technically the final off-season Birds All Day podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and uh, yes, we are here to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays just as the spring training begins. Uh, joining me to do so, uh, joining me as always.
1: Old, reliable.
0: Old, reliable, Mr. Exactly. Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm alright. You're doing well? I'm doing well. They did, the Jays did not officially start spring training today? Other teams did. What are they doing? Why are they screwing around?
1: Because who the hell needs spring training to be any longer than it is? And they're already all down there anyway. The good ones, at least. And the ones you, who care.
0: Which is interesting <laughs> because they're all down there working for goddamn free. Working their balls off trying to get in shape for the season. It's crazy. What a big change in like 20, not even 20 years, I bet. Yeah. Where used to be just yeah. like, hey, go down and get pissed up for a month, and now it's like, no, come down in January and lift weights. And run around dragging what? giant tires around.
1: I think they do that kind of the whole time anyway, is the
0: thing. Drink? No, the, well... Working out? Probably,
1: yeah, working out. You know, players these days just don't get as drunk as they used to. It's a shame.
0: I'm sure that they manage to find the time to get drunk. What kind of uh, professional athletes would they be? Yeah, no. I, I,
1: go, go talk to a cabbie in Dunedin. You'll, you'll find it pretty quickly. The players will go get drunk for sure.
0: Um, so we're going to talk about your Blue Jays. There's not a ton of news, I guess. Shocking. But uh, we'll find some. We, we have uh, many of our dear friends on uh, Twitter.com have offered some questions uh, when we asked for them. And we're going to uh, wade into that. Uh, dangerous territory and answer some a select few questions from our uh, friends and neighbors on twitter.com Before of course we do that we're going to uh, put out our uh, our call to you to hook it up on iTunes to uh, to rate and review us to subscribe and do all of those good things because uh, it really helps and it's continued to help and we're going up on a year of these. Coming up right on uh, the the one year anniversary of the first, um, what was the Birds All Day podcast? No, no in, just outside of a year. Yeah, March eleventh, I think, there. was the first one. So we're almost there. But uh, so thank you to everyone who for your support over the last year, and of course by support we mean, of course, by subscribing and rating on iTunes, but also for participating and and uh, and supporting us through Patreon. Um, I was on the Patreon podcast last week, and uh, that was cool. Or two weeks ago, the the. John had me on to talk about baseball and talk about this show, and it was great, but you can help us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash birds all day. Uh, if you have a couple bucks that you're willing to part with us, uh, by all means, uh, we're very appreciative and, and we want to, I, I say thank you.
1: Oh, I certainly say thank you as well. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, heroes. Heroes, absolute heroes, and... If you are in the giving mood, Fangraphs has moved to a similar... Oh, that's right. Yeah. They, they had Fangraphs Plus before, which was sort of like a premium service. And now they've kind of done away with that idea yeah. of paywall. But you can support Fangraphs with a couple bucks a month. I think they're at, you could do it for as little as $3 US a month or 20 bucks I think, for the year or something. So, so head over. Uh, God only knows the number of times that I visit that site on, on a weekly basis. And I don't even like... Just for fun. God, yeah. every day. Uh, yeah. Every day I'm on Fangraph, so uh go and help those guys out keep Jeff Sullivan in Mountain cuz that's how we gets down. <laughs> uh so yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. We'll let's we'll we'll talk about news and notes and then we'll uh, we'll do our questions. And I don't know, you got anything to add? It's been all me so far.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't know. There's not it is it, usually it's not until spring starts until like the actual spring training starts that you get into like redundant content season, but mm. It's in full swing right now. You know, you go to every fucking blog. It's like, oh, here's your preview of this guy. Like we're going through the forty man roster because we have fuck all else to do. It's like I can, I, I don't see the value in that for anybody. But hey, have fun, have fun making content. I'm.
0: <laughs> you gotta feed the beast. Yeah. Well, soon what's going to happen is the, the writers all love spring, all love spring training because the players are way more chill. Yes. They're really relaxed and they're all really available. So what you'll start to get is, like, off-day feature stuff. Like, oh, I spent you know two hours talking to this guy in the locker room and a couple people. So you tend to get some interesting stuff out of here. And then also a lot of stories that are, you know, they they start to take their genesis, spring training, where a lot of the national writers will bum around. Oh, yeah. Complex sure. to complex.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, putting that road work in.
1: But, uh, yeah, but day-to-day, there's a lot of you know because i do uh, the they're not always daily as i'm sure people notice but i do like daily link dumps or somewhat semi-frequently linked you
0: have been known to do link dumps. yeah
1: and so maybe it used to be a little more frequent than it is right now but uh but yeah it, you notice just how similar everybody's story is every day there's the sort of main talking points and I don't know. It's, listen, it's it's it's, listen. Part, it's part of the greater letdown that is the beginning of you know of spring training of pitchers and catchers reporting and then realizing how fucking far you still are from it being sunny and warm and it's really cold
0: baseball. here and it was nice there so let let everyone have their fun I had no beef with that and also remember that the greatest spring training story of all time well the greatest story of all time a story that has forever changed my life frankly was. The Scott Rowland is reading the jungle <laughs> story. Yeah. Came out of spring training when <laughs> Yeah. And for like I cannot hear or read the words of the jungle, often simply as the Jungle, and not think of Scott Rowland. So spring training coverage, the uh, the content cycle. <laughs> it's okay with me. Take a break. We'll be right back on this edition of Birds All Day. So before we get into the questions that we uh, solicited from uh, our friends and neighbors, uh, we'll talk about the news. Question mark. <laughs> There's been news. No. Not really. There, no. The new one of the big, the biggest news story that's not even news anymore is that they are inf- not only are they going to have a dirt infield, but they're actually doing it. They're got they jackhammers and chisels and yeah,
1: spending pulverizers,
0: money. yeah, carving up. The Roger Center floor to put a dirt infield in. Oh, oh you know, what we should talk yeah. about was the artist rendering that somehow <laughs> ended up becoming like a major talking point on
1: to- on talk radio. I did like that very much. Yeah, I didn't hear any of it because I've I've broken my addiction to sports talk radio and and have never felt better for it. I, <laughs> I don't I don't think I'm looking back to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, I did. I I don't know if you know anything about Photoshop. I mean, you're obviously I I made the, the an artist's rendition of what the the Jays' infield would look like with dirt mm-hmm. by using like the uh, the clone stamp tool, going all the way around it. It looks okay, and I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> base pads are going to be tough. It's going to be tough to make them look like like nice and pro- it would take a really long time." So I'm like, "Ah, fuck it. Not going to do the base pads. <laughs> <laughs> and Apparently, you know what? What McCown asking Mark Schapiro? Why are you gonna have dirt from home plate to the to the bases? Like, what are you? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 I like, I like that. I like that very much.
0: Uh, but
1: please don't ever take a fucking stupidly photoshopped thing on my site seriously. Clone Cologne.
0: stamp, though. It's the, it's the move.
1: Love the clone stamp.
0: Can't live without. Big a clone fan stamp. of the clone stamp. Um, that's that's cool. I mean. I don't know why, the fact, the fact that they, they show, I think it was Steve, uh, Steve Brooks, and then John Lott had some nice photos, he was down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fact that they were like, yeah, we're going to do it, and we're going to have it for spring training, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. But then when they show the ground, like, I'll chew it up, okay like, hey, actually, hey, hey, they're really doing yeah, things yeah. down there, that's pretty cool. Um, speaking of dirt, Eric Wedge is dirt, <laughs> he's a dirty person, he's out trying to gun him for John Gibbon's job, according to Shai Davidi.
1: I don't think Daviti said anything of the sort, did he?
0: I assume not.
1: No, I don't. I don't think so.
0: And yet here I am. Yeah. Saying just that.
1: Uh, he had a good chat with Wedgie, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I I considered very briefly. I wrote a piece on Eric Wedge this week. I considered very briefly, like doing a research project into like what really happened with the Mariners, and because it, it's hard to know. You know, unless you're immersed in that every single day, what, you know, really to think about people and, and, and how, you know, how to, how people's reaction is compared to what the reality was and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and also especially just the Mariners were such a fucking clusterfuck at that point and the, the Jack Z regi- regime and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Wedge came out after he was, he was in that, uh, Jeff Baker piece where they're, they just sort of shat all over, uh, everything the Mariners were doing and, uh, I think that's what tony Blangino was uh was also talking about it who was you know was his was his right hand man and talking about how he just lied about his love for stats to get the job because he knew that's what the owners were, and it was just a whole disaster because <laughs> the, the marriage. so it's hard to you know it's I, I, like i a lot of people a lot of people especially who are more progressive thinking about the game i think really bristled at Eric wedge and thought he was terrible, especially mm-hmm. then uh but i might be willing to give him a pass on it and i thought about writing about stuff like this and then i realized well fuck no it's maybe maybe when he takes over for john gibbons but i, I don't think it's going to happen
0: i don't think it's going to happen either i think the
1: team is too good for john gibbons to lose his job frankly
0: but then again maybe the team is so good that if they get off to a slow start he in fact will lose his job maybe i
1: don't i think know. it would have to be pretty pretty bad
0: maybe it will be New regime, they wanna bring in a new guy, they wanna get their guy. No, if anyone Maniacta. <laughs> sure. Bring me Maniacta.
1: Love it. But uh and also well Davini's piece about it was talking about, you know Wedge is focused on his duties, which is all that player development stuff, which uh which means he doesn't have to give a shit about. You know, saber metrics and all no, all the true. fancy all the fancy stats that apparently he bristled at so much. Uh he's there to it, it's it's hilarious how they just all sort of they all sound like John Farrell, you know, having been used to John Farrell and the, just the kind of way that he would talk about what's important in an organization, these mm-hmm. guys are, and of course, you know, Farrell came from the same place, so it makes sense, but that's that's what you hear. That's what I hear every time. Now, now Wedge speaks every time he speaks, Shapiro and Atkins, uh, they're sort of cut from the same cloth, which not a bad thing, though, in a lot of people's minds, I think it is.
0: And yet, not a good thing. Well, it it can be both things.
1: It can certainly be both things.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, the fact that he's a former manager does not necessarily mean that he is the next yeah. manager. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think a guy like Eric Wedge is smart to try to diversify what he does and what he's done in the game because like I do think that you, you touched on it a little bit that his name was kind of mud oh know, yeah a lot of ways like yeah yeah again, Oh, it and, was bad in seattle yeah. yeah it was really bad in seattle and he you know that was the time wasn't that was like Griffey sleeping and like who was running the joint and it was uh yeah, it was funny. all over the place right yeah, so it
1: was yeah <laughs> it's it's bad it's really it was really bad because I, I did start to look into a bunch mm-hmm. of it i mean i just re- i remembered but not you know not concrete enough to write anything about it and then the little i looked into it it's like oh yeah what
0: a fucking disaster the Mariners are. All the, Just garbage. Grant Brisby wrote something amazing today about the three teams that are will not be surprising, the three teams that we know exactly what they're going to be. And it was the Phillies, they're going to be bad, and yeah. the Astros are going to be good, and then oh, so the Astros or the Cubs anyway, but then the Mariners were the other team. And the thing he wrote about the Mariners, is, I won't even describe it. Go to Grant's like <laughs> author page on SB Nation and read the passage on the Mariners, that starts out being like, you're on a bus. That's kind of like how it begins. <laughs> okay. And it smells a little bit of extra bus. <laughs> it's insane. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, player development is such as one of those hazy, like really um, uh, opaque yeah. things from the outside. Like, what does it mean be player development? And, you know, I know the Mariners, I know the Angels had a guy, uh, um, David Eckstein's brother, Rick Eckstein. He was kind of a... Player development guy, but his job was more to speak stat and player, to be a go-between. Right. You know he right. was he was on the field, kind of doing BP and helping them out with mental stuff and with actual game preparation. But then during the game, he sat like with the scouts, and he and he would pour over numbers and things like that. So maybe even a, a guy like Wedge. Is groomed himself, maybe not to be a stack guy, but to be a guy who's moving between both worlds. Right, yeah. Right, a guy Which who.
1: Are, those are important guys these days. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we, talk, we talked about it before, but like the, the whole. The analytics department made their big shifting presentation for yeah, the. Yeah, exactly, yeah. This, right? It was like, yeah, no.
1: Yeah, we did. All right, thanks, guys. I've been doing it this way my whole career, though, so. This, this was an interesting presentation, but. Uh, Don't waste my time again. Yeah. And, yeah, you uh... need, I mean, you need those. Yeah, you need those guys. I think. I think people have realized the, the importance of it as you know, as part of the evolution of of all that stuff entering the front office. That's sort of the <laughs> maybe not the next step. Maybe it's the last, the mm-hmm. the previous step where they're like, oh yeah, now that we're paying all these guys to do this, we have to actually be able to implement it, and. Yeah, the guys on the fucking field aren't going to do anything about it if they don't believe in it and don't have someone who can sell it to
0: them. Or they're like a Clint Hurdle, like in um, in Pittsburgh, where they feel as though this is their last kick of the can. Right. And if they don't do this, they're going to lose this job and they won't get another one because they have not been successful because they managed the Rockies. They're
1: just on the edge of the abyss there. Yeah. Basically, yeah.
0: Um, What was that book? That the book about the Pirates? I can't remember. Oh yeah, Tanisonic wrote it. It's good. Um. There's really nothing else, man. There's no news. There was a thing the fangraphs, speaking of them, uh, uh, Tony but Beling- uh, whatever, you mentioned him. He, yeah. he has like a bat- ball in play perspective. He looked at percentage of line drives and all these other things, and he did the shortstop position. And He has some rather ominous things to say about Troy Tulowitzki, saying like he's been pop- popping up more and he's sort of selling everything out for pull power. And his walk uh, to strikeout to walk uh, ratio is kind of gone to shit. So he's worried about maybe he won't be much more than a league average hitter moving forward. Which, as a, an amazing shortstop, still makes him a very good player. Yeah,
1: I'm. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it would be disingenuous to, for me to like shit on that on account of where I was at with Jose Reyes before he got traded it's like you gotta remember he's still really fucking valuable even though it's not mm-hmm. what you want to see out of him
0: I am I am way more willing to overlook all, a lot of what Tulisky had because I mean did we talk about this before about like the Coors thing about how there's a lot of we did why bit, why players yeah. are so bad at Coors or away from Coors and it's because of the pitches they're used to seeing at Coors because nobody no, you can't pitch there Right and uh, and I think to do that in season is probably even tougher when you yeah, are yeah. go go from this certain kind of um, pitch profile that you're used to seeing. And now you go to the you go to a whole new league and you're not in this joke state in this joke stadium that that pitcher, that messes pitchers' minds up. Uh, I think that would really fuck you up. So I, I the Churchlewitzky's uh, Pocota projection put him as the top shortstop in baseball. Right. And I'm uh, I'm okay with that. You're bullish. You, you're... I'm bullish. I believe I believe the science when it suits my agenda.
1: <laughs> I, I was thinking about this. I mean, the other day, like it, 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 it's hard to think now, especially after what happened last mm-hmm. year. Uh, to put it in, in this sort of terms, but I I, st- I think a lot of the Alex era, that legacy, is going to be tied up in these next bunch of years of Tualitzky because that's a because. That's a shit ton of money. That's a ton. That's a ton of money that is going to prevent you from re-signing one of Batista and Canasión almost certainly. Uh, it's uh, you know it's such a hugely important position, and he's sort of uh, as, as much as you know as, as much as he can be great, and that's great that Dakota's bullish, and I want to be bullish on him too. And I think it, you know obviously he was not that long ago in the conversation for you know one of the best, or if not the best player in baseball. Uh, you you just get the feeling sometimes like he's a it could it could go either way here it could go a real bad way it could or you know or it could at least start the the arc downwards, uh and you don't know how quickly that's gonna happen and if it's you know if Jeff Hoffman turns out all right and Tulo ends up being you know what we thought of Jose Reyes uh, as of the last you know year or two, uh where it's like all right when's this contract gonna end because he's fine but not not worth having this sort of drag on the payroll. Uh the farther we get away from the magic of last year, uh the the more people I think are going to revise their stance if that's the way that it goes. If Tulo ends up being the Tulo that we all hope he can be, uh then that's going to go the other way for it. I think I think that's sort of the linchpin. I think that's central to to we, how we're ultimately going to think about what's been happening. Or what happened at the end of the Anthopolis thing.
0: What the fuck is wrong with you? What? Honestly. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna fall off a clip. I know. You're... Enough. Yeah. Okay. Enough. You've okay. just totally like killed my buzz. Uh, but the other thing you did was also you touched on many of the questions that we're going okay. to uh, going to, to to be going to answer. So what we'll do we'll take a break. I'm going to throttle you for bumming me out and for shitting on Troy Tulowitzki. And then we're gonna come back and we're gonna answer some questions. On this edition of birds all day. So we're going to do questions. So thank you to everyone who, uh, who contributed a question. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to them all because I, we frankly, we, we got too many. And uh, we a lot of them are, are, they touch on similar subjects, some of the ones uh, which we may have just discussed. The first one we'll take um, comes from uh, your girl, Sarah Finley. and She wants to know, or she asked about, uh, I'm curious to what other teams have done in a similar situations with the Jays have with. Jose and Edwin Encarnacion. So if we have she's just wonders if we could think of other examples. And I even can't. Not two. Not both at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's tough, yeah. Um. The first one I'll say, and you could think about the one, would be yeah. the when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. And they let Pedro walk. And they let uh, Derek Lowe walk. Right after that. Not right. quite the same, but I mean that was different. Those were like immortal immortals in Boston, ended this that that drought, and and they were like, nope, you know.
1: And one was fucking Pedro.
0: One was Pedro, goddamn Martinez, and the other one was was a, you know Derek Lowe, who was a, a longtime Red Sox and again part of that team. Uh, that, those were tough decisions, and and then the Red Sox won the World Series three years later. Yeah, and Pedro Martinez's career was over, you know. Well, five years later, basically yeah. at the end of that contract, but but you know, his he had two great years with the Mets, but not great the rest. Uh, and the Red Sox are another example in terms of what they they did with Ortiz, right? They kind of went year by year with Ortiz. They knew that he was worth more to them than he was to anybody else. Um, he was straight DH, like way more of a DH than Encarnacion is or or has been so far. Um, again, an older player, closer yeah. to what ba- where Bautista is, but yeah. Uh, I I can't. There's no way that Batista's is going to go. Uh, you t- no. sign a two-year deal, then another one-year deal.
1: No, I, not at all. And it, it, yeah, it just there. It's just different. I think. Yeah, one because of the because of the DH thing, which I think is maybe why a lot of people think that Encarnacion is the guy who is more likely to stay. I mean, his market just As great a hitter as he is, it's just it's not going to be there. Like Batista can play for any team, basically. Like he like. As much as it would be scary to give four or five years to somebody at his age, Mm -hmm. you know, he's uh, he can play in the outfield still, and if not, they can move him to first base and he should still be fine. He could even play third Third base base for somebody somebody, somebody, if you were desperate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, and Edwin's got a DH, so I mean, and I think that's why, unless I wrote about this this week, you know, that's why a John Morosi piece came out with with Edwin's agent conveniently. Being like, hey guys, we're over here. Mm. Stop getting all warm and fuzzy about Batista, maybe. Because also there's this guy, and also you have to make this decision much sooner. It's smart of them, I think, to uh, force the issue with the Jays. Which is, you know, why you pay those guys. uh, The big bucks, the big big 10%. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, as far as other parallels go... I, yeah most teams I think <laughs> don't allow this situation to come up like you know it's a lot of te- you'll, th- you'll you know teams that are like have to choose between one or the other or uh but it sort of happens before that like I don't I don't remember the particulars of like the, the of like Matt Holiday and and Pools and the Cardinals mm-hmm. for example but that immediately springs to mind as there's two big you know expensive slugger guys who one left and one didn't and uh
0: and the Pujols one, the Pujols one is is a is a strong reminder of what can happen. Yeah, and no, we love Jose Bautista, but he is was not <laughs> what Pujols was to that team. No, for that many years, where no, he was true. like, hey, this is the best right-handed hitter. You know, maybe in maybe 50 ever. years, yeah. maybe ever. Yeah. Um, and he walked and they have made it the league championship series literally every year since. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure they didn't make it last year, but,
1: but yeah, I don't think there's a lot of Cardinals fans who are griping about the fact that they let Pujols walk. No. But I, it's a, I mean, that's the risk you have to take. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta make, you gotta, you gotta make a decision. It's easy for us to sit here and be like, yeah, yeah, it's a tough decision to make. Like they're the ones that, you know, somebody's actually going to have to make that decision and live with the consequences. So fuck if I know what the right one is, and
0: the fact that it's the two of them coming, you know, kind of coming at the same time, it really does make it. It makes it a tough sell for the team, right? The team, you know, because Finley said it like, don't don't let it be neither of them. She was like, don't tell me that they're not going to sign either, and I think that is unlikely because that's a big hit to take, a big PR hit if they lose both.
1: PR hit and fuck big hit on the field. Yeah, too. the, the like, team
0: is worse, and the and the fans will riot, which is not a good combination.
1: Especially because, as we've joked before, you know where they're going to end up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The but, one
0: was going to New York, and the other one's going to fucking Boston. Like, there's no, they, there's nowhere else for them to go. Encarnacion, well, give, give
1: him another week or so. He'll mention Encarnacion and being mindful of him with the Red Sox, though they have their own glut of DHs. And actually, we talked about Troy Tulowitzki before. I mean. I, I I don't think he's that close to moving off shortstop, but there's a guy who's going to be here for a long time. And mm-hmm. you know how many how many guys who you're looking at having as a DH do you want to have? How many guys over thirty do you want to be paying twenty million dollars to?
0: The catcher, for example. <laughs> the
1: catcher, the third baseman, the shortstop, and now everybody wants them to do it to two more guys.
0: That's uh. That is an old ass team. It's an
1: old ass team, and it's fu- it's fucked because. Because this is, you know, this is not how you want this to come about in an ideal world. Is, is having to make the decision like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be such an old ass team. Oh, right, the only way to do that, barring trading Tulo, I guess, Mm is to is to let one of or both of Encarnacion and Batista walk. But it sure would help you not be such an old ass team. And, I, I mean, being an old-ass team seems like a, a good idea this year and next year. Mm. It's just diminishing returns, and it's returns you're going to have to pay for for a long time because that's how free agent contracts work.
0: Flags do fly forever. They do. But baseball players do not live forever, no. unfortunately. Uh, next question, actually, kind of two questions. Your boy, my, my your friend and my, Brian, Brian Ligerent, he asks about who's going to be the most often, the most common leadoff hitter. And then Andy, the polite radish. Uh, he asks, "Is Tulo going to lead off for the Jays in 2016?" Uh, Kevin Pollard seems to really want this job.
1: Yeah, he, apparently he does. That's, that seems like a terrible idea.
0: Guess who else wants that job? Me. I want to be the Jays' yeah, leadoff hitter.
1: Totally. I yeah. I, I I had a I enjoyed my snarky tweet when that you know when that piece came out. Oh, <laughs> but Kevin Pollard you know, wants to be the leadoff hitter. I'm like, you know, who else wants wants him to do that? Opposing teams want him to do that because that's. Not a good, a good use of the Jays' roster and their talent on the run. You know,
0: even if even if Kevin Pillar is good this year at the plate or, like, as he was last year or even a little bit better or even a little bit worse, uh, he's still not a good match, I don't think, for leadoff. He doesn't see enough pitches. He's not going to hit the ball over the fence. He's not, you know, he's a decent base runner. He runs around a bit. But you don't, do you want that? Do you want guys running around in front of everything that's to come? No. Don't know that you do. No. Nope. Don't know that you do. So, uh, some, you know, I think Gideon Turk is one of the guys maybe who's been rallying about. No, no, uh, Blue Jays Plus, it was uh, Tammy. She wants Michael Saunders to be the right, leadoff right. hitter. Uh, here's,
1: here's your answer. Here's your answer Russell Martin.
0: Yeah? Sure, why not? I could get into that. He's going to see a lot of pitches. He's going to turn in professional at bats. going to get on base.
1: He wants to be a shortstop. He maybe secretly wants to be a leadoff hitter.
0: It's all there. Yeah. They're all shortstops in their own minds. Uh, we'll move up, move along here. Got some more questions. Uh, and a very important question from Sandwich Dad, who wants to know, have you ever heard the story of Kelvin Escobar's giganto dick? <laughs> Which, I uh, can't say, can't say that I have. That's too bad. Uh, I
1: haven't heard that
0: one either. Yeah, no. Uh, Sandwich Dad, uh, Curry and Lager Dad, hook us up with the knowledge. Yeah, for real. Uh, I have a feeling, Kelvin Escobar is a big-ass dick. I think that's kind of what he's getting at there.
1: <laughs> i I've, I've, I've heard other stories, not about Escobar, but... <laughs> Yeah, I've heard about uh, Miguel Batista's uh, robot. <laughs> I've heard about uh, oh dear Juan Guzman's penchant for younger ladies. So Eric Hartman wants to
0: know <laughs> which yeah. A- which opposing ALEs player is most likely to ruin everything this year for our Toronto Blue Jays. Of course, uh, Odor We both were like he's going to ruin everything in the series against the Rangers, and he promptly ruined everything. He did, yeah. Um, every single one of those motherfucker Kansas City Royals ruined everything in the ALCS. Which AL East guy is going to ruin everything in 2016?
1: It's a good question. There's so there's so many fucking candidates. Is the problem? Mm-hmm. It's a goddamn tough division at this point.
0: There um, are a lot of good teams. There are. There are can- there are two very very good bullpens in this division now.
1: Yeah, that's a thing, too. That's definitely a thing. I mean, I think it's more got to be a position player.
0: Yeah, a ruining a, a ruiner of everything is a position it kinda player. Kind of has to be involved every. It's day. going to have to be Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is going to ruin Mookie everything.
1: Mookie Betts could, yeah. Bogarts could, too, if he gets... A, the Red Sox. Red Sox, they're a bit, they're a bit of a high-risk team. That's how, yeah. I, that's how I feel about them.
0: A lot of variance. Yeah. A lot of variance in the, in, the, in the Red Sox.
1: Yeah.
0: The Yankees have a chance of having, like... The only above-average offensive player in the Yankees lineup could be Alex Rodriguez.
1: It's <laughs> amazing.
0: But the other thing with the Yankees, I was I was looking at that and being like, okay, there's a chance that Castro is going to be below average or shitty. Didi Gregorius can't hit. Chase Headley was so bad last year. Uh, Brett Gardner is like falling to pieces. Jacoby Ellsbury falling to pieces. Beltran is Beltran. Um, it's uh, uh, Tashera mm-hmm. is like just made of paper mache. And
1: Bird is, is and Bird is out for the year? whole
0: year. Yeah. Uh, Brian McCann is decent, but like you know, I mean, I like Brian McCann. He's a really good player, uh, but it's all it's all Rod, it's it all Al, Al, it's yeah. all the summer. How are you, how are you going to repeat the summer of Al? Uh, but then it's like even if those guys aren't above average, they're all going to be really close, and there's not really anyone who's going to be here other than Didi Gregorius, who's going to be like giving away at bats and be truly putrid at the plate. Mm-hmm. And Chase Hadley has a chance of being that too, but the the stupid fucking Yankees, God damn it, I yeah. can't even.
1: But yeah, it's a someone on the red I side think it's probably. Mookie. I think
0: it's got to be Mookie yeah. Betts. There's nobody else.
1: Yeah, he fits. He fits the profile.
0: For he sure, sure does. Uh, Joanna, your girl, Joanna Hamachuk wants to know uh, which potential bat with many outfield options in the pipe do you sell high on Pilar sooner or later. I think that selling high on Pilar, that ship has sailed I a think little that's bit. Definitely not that he's not. Not that they're still not high on him, but. If they didn't make a move with him, because they may have been asking for too much, if that was even a conversation they were willing to entertain, I think there's probably a lot of of wait and see in the marketplace with Kevin Pillar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Like, wait and see if we have a right fielder next year, or a left fielder, (laughs) basically, because those guys are both free agents. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so then you're looking at Pompey and Pillar in the outfield next year, if those two don't come back, and we don't know who else. I've mentioned I've mentioned Anthony Alford here. He's you know you're not you're not putting a you're not putting out an outfield of Pompey Pilar and Alfred next season.
0: Why well, have one center fielder when you can have three? That's right. Just catch all the fly balls and hit all the swinging bunts. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I would if the if the right deal came along, you know, I trade anybody. Sure. And if the right I don't know what the right deal is for Kevin Pilar. I mean, I think back to the Cardinals, and Angels made a trade. Randall Gritchuk and Peter Borges for oh, yeah. David Freese. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, Grichuk was really good last year. Got drafted ahead of Mike, Tr- Mike Trout. And Borges was kind of like... Borges had a season kind of like Polar's season, where Borges went and got everything. Mm-hmm. And then he was hurt all the time, and he was never that great a hitter. But uh, that, that trade... I think if the Angels could do that one again, they probably. I think wouldn't. they might, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, that's that David Fries is coming off of like a huge season as well, or no, two a year before was a huge. Yeah. season. But anyway, that's like not nothing that that they got back in exchange for. Right. Well, but but even that board just was part was a package with a, a guy with six years of control and yeah. some power, who netted David Fries, who was expensive and old and kind of shitty. So I don't know. I don't know what, uh, what you'd get for, for, um, for Pilar, but I'm sure that, again, there's probably a lot of wait and see going on.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah, I think that ship's sailed. Uh, also, you can't sell high on him anymore because mm-hmm. high was this winter.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, one question from uh, Michael McDermott on Twitter, who has a twenty one twelve. so I assume he's a Rush fan. Uh, wants to know about do you have thoughts on have your thoughts on the front office changed over the over the winter not really I think your thoughts you were kind of ahead of the curve or whatever in that you you didn't
1: had, think that these people were like the devil incarnate well basically. no well like, you had
0: you don't have a lot of choice in when you're kind of in living in this in the shit every day where you have to kind of come around on what it is that you think they're thinking or what it is is their philosophy and it's not that they're just here to throw to make the team worse and to not right. t- hold on to, too tightly to a romantic notion of what the previous front office was and how they operated so you I think you've been ahead of that and I, just yeah
1: cuz I'm it's I'm I'm good at at this point in time at beating down my inner fan and trying to think about things as someone who writes about the team instead of as someone who doesn't give a shit about that shit and just just looks at it and is like, what the fuck are these people all doing? Mm-hmm. Fuck Rogers, what the fuck? Uh, though I understand why people get like that. It's just, you know Yeah. I was more I was I was more willing to take the step back at mm. first and be like, Hey, everything I hear about these guys is really good and if you look at their track record, you know, people want to shit on the you know, Cleveland, obviously. Mm-hmm. Never had a ton of success, but also had a lot of constraints on them too. Uh you know, dwarfed in payroll by the Tigers every year and mm-hmm. uh, you know, in a market. And that was one of the things that uh that, that Eric Wedge talked about. You know, the the they that you know, they felt they'd get to the point of having, you know, being able to win mm-hmm. have su- sustainable success, to win consistently and they'd get to that point and then they'd have to tear everything down because they just couldn't afford to keep the guys that had put them in that position, which you know maybe sustainable not the word you want to use there but anyway yeah I think they uh, I, I think my thoughts on them haven't really changed a whole lot uh, they're, they're fine
0: I think the more I think about it the more I think that those Cleveland teams were all shit and that the whole all the eh. no I don't know I, I you don't have a lot of choice that's the thing When if you're going to be a fan who plays GM is you don't you just sort of got to get wrap your head around the moves that are made and, and not made and not if you want to belly ache and people who still bring up like the you darvish thing like oh, the j on you darvish is like you it's time to fucking pack up and move on. A little bit, yeah. Uh let's do a couple ones quick. Christopher Rivers wants to know what's your dream beer list at the Rogers Center.
1: Ah, uh, Miller Lite Mix of local craft no, and corporate I... piss beer,
0: what would it look like?
1: I'm just heavy on the piss beer, man. I don't care.
0: At the out uh, of ball game's gotta be something you can drink the shit out of
1: Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I don't give a shit. I, like having... I don't give a shit about beer to be honest with you. I like it's steam delicious. Whistle. I liked it. Yeah, Steam Whistle's nice. Any anyone who any local brewery <laughs> that would like to <laughs> pay us some money, are delicious. Mill Street's great. I'm glad that they're mm-hmm. most likely going to be there this mm-hmm. year. Uh, please. So you, I mean, you go ahead. But I mean, like, I don't, I, I don't shit on all kinds of beers. Like, fuck hops, obviously. Like, yeah, st- yeah, yeah, stu- Stupid, too hoppy beers. But I'll drink anything. Like, I don't give a fuck.
0: Yeah, I mean, I for me, I'll just say that I like to have, I. I was going on on Twitter <laughs> recently about how much I like Guinness, but that's not really something I'm eager oh, to drink at the ballpark. Yeah, ballpark. Uh, I would like things that I can drink that are, you know, if it's so it's like a if it, there's a Miller Light, give me a Steam Whistle, give me Mill Street Organic, and uh, give me a Bose Log Tread because I really really like that. It's good? just like a nice one yeah. to drink. And then I don't know, fucking Yinling or something that's cool and, but like still kind of in the middle, or or uh, literally anything. Bud Light Lime. No, fuck that. Gelada, that Delicious. weird that weird <laughs> that beer and clam juice mixed together it hit me with that flounder apple uh, what's the next one uh, will wants to know what's the best place to watch a Jay's game in Toronto
1: Roger Center
0: well you know I think I think that will's question is pertaining to outside of the Rogers. Center yeah
1: game. I think that it, I assumed that that's what that was mm-hmm. as being as being funny.
0: Um I don't, don't know. know. Whenever your wherever your boys are, or wherever your friends are, or your lady or your ladies, whatever you yeah. wherever whenever we have people to be like, what the fuck with? But I mean I like you know, I know we like like uh what's the one, the City Bar? The City Bar? Yeah, the the, the Manchester City.
1: Oh, 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 uh Opera Bob's Opera Bob's oh, obviously and yeah. like, really like Tall Boys there. and
0: the Doc Ellis and I oh, yeah, like um, the the Bristol. Like,
1: yeah, Bristol's good.
0: Place across the street from my house. That place is cool. Lots of TVs, and I like the. Yeah, I don't know. anywhere anywhere, anywhere you are comfortable. That's <laughs> yeah, the thing. It's, yeah, honestly, things are different now, and and it's gonna be. It won't be quite like it was in terms of having a hard time getting the, someone to put the J's on TV. Yeah, you know, on a on a Hopefully. on a night in May.
1: But yeah, it's like yeah, it's a bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's like. Every, no matter where we said You'd walk in and you'd be like Oh yeah This is a bar to watch a Jays game I don't I,
0: I, I'm into I it don't know why I, I mean I'm not make, a big I, And I think I, you're, yourself as well Not a big uh, Not someone who's eager to do Like a real sports kind of thing Not running around looking for yeah, Strangers is, to hug I mean the, we, the yeah. opening day On at, at Opera Bob was really fun That one time when it was like that But uh, Whatever uh, Yeah Good question here from uh, Brody From Brolachini Tennis guy, also uh, Jay's guy, wants to know, should we be afraid of the stupid Rays, as Pakota is telling us to be? Pakota projects the the Tampa Bay Rays to win the 2015, 2016 American League East. Yeah. Uh, are you wary of the Rays? They, I think that you would be hard-pressed to find a, someone who doesn't think they're the worst team in the division, Maybe.
1: Yeah, they're all, they're always so, kind of sneaky good, aren't they? Like, I mean, that, which is a terrible thing to
0: mm-hmm.
1: to base your opinion on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. They've got they they've got the pitching. They, you know, you got Chris Archer. You got a nice looking rotation, and mm-hmm. uh, they always seem to be able to, to find uh, to find a way to do it with you know not enough run support or not the kind of you know not the kind of lineup that mm-hmm. you expect would be able to win games. They go out and with defense and with pitching, they win games, and they're smart about. You know, getting guys last year. You know, getting guys out of there after you know a couple turns through the rotate or through the order. And,
0: that was their big thing,
1: and and, uh, and are always, you know, have it down to a science about you know maximizing everything they possibly can because you know the mm-hmm. extra two percent, et cetera, et cetera. They know they have to. So w- sure, why not? I'll oh, say I'm this: I'll
0: right say beware of the Rays because they're going to be those things. But the the thing about the Pac- the Pakota projection for the Rays in particular that I don't scoff at, but I take it for what it's worth, is that the Pocota projects the Rays to be the best defensive team in baseball by a very significant margin. It projects them to be like like a 60-run, like a basically like a six-run defense, six-win defense, which I don't doubt that they are an elite or, or could be the best defensive team in baseball, but projecting that because of the way that that feeling yeah. chances are distributed. I I'm wary of it. So if you take those six wins and you even cut them in half, maybe the Rays aren't the class of the division anymore. Uh, you know, which I think is kind of a main pillar of their projection. Again, not to oh, say yeah, that yeah. I disagree with it or that I I'm poo pooing it, but to me that's the one that maybe gives me a little bit of pause because that's the thing with projections. Right, projections are are always sucked back to the middle. It's all about that. You know the law of averages pulling them back so whenever right. there's a real outlier not that they say there won't be outliers but to project it is is a little I mean you, no one would have projected everyone knew the Blue Jays had a great offense last year and they knew that adding Josh Donaldson was going to make the team better but nobody thought they would be the best team in baseball scoring like 130 more runs yeah. than any other other team but that's exactly what happened like that. whatever yeah. it was yeah. uh, and that that's exactly what happened and they, the Blue Jays rode that to the playoffs so so, uh, so that's my those are my thoughts on Pakoda and the Rays. Somebody actually asked about the offense. We don't talk about enough about how much better they are, they were than everybody else, and I agree. And I don't think that there's any reason to think it's going to be much different in 2016. Frankly, yeah. Uh, another question from Craig. He wants to know uh, what's more pertinent for the Jays: backup catcher or lefty reliever behind Cecil.
1: Where's Aaron loop loops on son yeah come on
0: uh
1: Aaron loop yeah Aaron loop gets a rough ride but yeah I'm okay with Aaron loop I think uh yeah yeah uh, yeah better than better than he a lot of that he looked a lot of the time last year uh still not good but you don't you know mm-hmm. not even not good still not like not not a guy you want to have in a whole, whole lot of high leverage situations but this is your second lefty reliever I think you're okay with just having it be Aaron loop and then they, I, I don't know which ones are the lefties, but they, you know, they have, they have all those guys. Paul that that Hines, in. is he left-handed. I, I couldn't tell you. Couldn't, couldn't tell, tell you. Tell you. Uh, but then they got a, you know, they got a bunch of guys. They got all those guys who are going to be in spring training. You know, mm-hmm. I forget. You know, David Ardsma and Brad Penny and yeah, yeah, oh, and, shit, yeah. You know, well, that's Gavin the next Floyd question. Is fucking got a major league contract? That's or the next so question
0: you know. of the miscellaneous spare parts the Jays have collected this offseason. Who do you hope uh, most makes the team?
1: Gavin Floyd, just because they. they fucking gave him a fucking major league contract already. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, he, so I hope he pitches
1: well enough to justify it.
0: If Brad Penny decides that he wants to become like last year's Pirates Joe Blanton, I'm okay with that yeah, too. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, Brad Penny always had a big arm. He was a bit of a goon, but uh, but whatever. Uh Gruber's Small well wants to know, what point should the Jays decide to make Os- Roberto Osuna a starter? I think we've been over this a little bit.
1: Yeah, we've, we definitely have touched on this. I uh, think next year. Next year, yeah. I mean, this year...
0: Get him a hundred innings. It's just this gonna year. be so
1: tempting every year for them to be like, Oh, he's gonna be really good in the bullpen, so do mm-hmm. we wanna do this? Uh but yeah, get him a hundred innings this year and then have him go from there next year. You know, I think I think that should be the plan. I mean I think he's especially because, you know, what are you losing? You're losing Dickey next year, losing mm-hmm. Jesse Chavez, you know you know, you know, uh probably not penciled into a rotation spot right now, but yeah, there's mm-hmm. gonna be an opportunity there. Uh so yeah, it should go to Osuna because I think he can do it.
0: Uh, Danny Madam and Awesome. He wants to know which Blue Jay is most likely to eat gazpacho. And uh, I would say it's Jose Bautista because he's a cultured motherfucker. That's not, he's yeah. Did sure. you see when the, when they, sh- they that picture of them all wearing pajamas or whatever at the Super Bowl? Oh yeah. He's got his, yeah. his Gaudi book, you know, very prominently. T- tabletop book oh, there displayed?
1: I did not notice that, that fine detail. Meredith Rogers,
0: your girl. <laughs> Rogers Montgomery, she picked up on that one. And uh, I'm going to say that it's going to be Jose.
1: That's fine. That's, that's good.
0: At a party like that, I assure you that he brought enough gazpacho for everyone.
1: That's probably true. I, did, I, <laughs> I, I, I just remember talking to a friend of mine last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like going to... He's talking about going to, to Halloween at Wonderland, and so he was, you know, smoked a bunch of weed or something like that. And they were like, they're weird, and like this, like this is when they were younger. And like the security guards there were, were like dressed up like, uh, like you know, like, uh, like 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 Nazi soldiers. He says, and his girlfriend's just like, what, like the gazpacho? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I felt so I felt so bad because I had to I had to take a few minutes and die. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. the... I'm
0: laughing at you, but I'm so laughing at you. Uh, the Dow, your friend of mine, he wants to know if we feel bad for Jeff Hoffman and how being in Colorado is basically going to ruin his life. Uh, nope. Troy Tulowitzki plays for the Blue Jays.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. I, yeah, I don't feel bad. I would feel,
0: I would feel better for Jeff Hoffman if he was you know, the guy that was thrown like 98 all the time. And the Blue Jays hadn't ruined his <laughs> his <laughs> mechanics or changed his mechanics to get him away from being so like herky jerky and athletic or whatever on the mound, right? But then they were like tall and fall. I don't know. That was that's kind of the way some of the talk. But uh, if he can live off his fastball, then he'll be okay. But not many people can. Not in the not the
1: not like literally anyone developed out of the Colorado system. That's
0: true. So uh, Pete Waldock, good Aussie. Orioles fan. He wants to know how much are you laughing at the Orioles for running out Gallardo and Ubaldo against the Blue Jays? I'm not gonna lie to you. It doesn't just stop there. <laughs> There's still uh, good old Chris Tillman. They're sending him out there as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, all these guys will be great when they move on to their next organization.
0: Uh... <laughs> no, look, the Orioles deserve a lot of credit because it's hard. To spend that much money and not make your team any better at all.
1: <laughs> it's very impressive. Uh, you know, and fuck, but I could totally see Ubaldo and, and Gallardo as being guys who, you know, ruin everything when they face the Jays. And the Jays have, you know, last year they had a tough time with Gallardo. Ubaldo is just like, you never fucking know. Nobody knows where that ball's going. So Ubaldo
0: it, least of all.
1: Yeah. So it, at
0: least Ubaldo's got stuff, right? Like, yeah. Like, Gallardo is so bad... I can't even talk about this. I'm just going to get fucking it's... pissy. Uh, <laughs> Rick, uh, yeah, okay. Rick DaCosta wants to know.
1: I, but, so, but I still I think it deserves mention every time is that we, the Jays were really pushing to add fucking Dan Duquette to instead of Mark Shapiro as team president. And we should be thankful every day that that didn't happen. I think the Orioles can kind of go fuck themselves.
0: Yeah, I don't think they're going to be that bad though. I mean, I joke. But they aren't they're not better. They're that bad, no. But they got, you know, with Gallardo and Ubaldo and Tillman and like, <laughs> they got all these guys that, are, <laughs> but that can go pitch, they just got trash and right? then
1: they can't stop fucking up their pitchers. But still they still score
0: a shit ton of runs. Yeah. If they think they're going to play Dexter Fowler in right field every day, they're out of their fucking mind. You
1: know, they've got Ryan Howard at first base now that they've paid a ton of money for.
0: So much money. Uh, should the Jays consider defer a deferred money contract to fit both uh, Joey and Edwin in, i.e. Chris Davis, I'm like, the Jays, sure, they should consider the shit out of that. Why would Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion and Karnas- Karnas- consider that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I guess you could I guess you could make the dollars work where it's worth it to keep getting, you know, if you pay them that much more over top of what uh, mm-hmm. they would have got right away. I mean, it,
0: it's, again, if that's one of those, like, they, they have to agree to it. And it's really hard to say that if that's, why would they yeah. take ten million dollars in twenty twenty five rather than, you know, whatever they're yeah. doing? So. It's
1: like it's like if you win the Cash for Life lottery. Mm. You don't you You're don't still take, rich. You don't, Yeah, but you don't take the goddamn Cash for Life. You take the lump sum, and you can you can make that money work for you. Uh
0: better than Really that, important question yeah. from Jake Goldsby. Jake wants to know if I like good morning or from here to infirmary better. Uh I said good morning initially. And then I really thought, I looked at the track list and I'm like, oh man, there's so many good this, Those are Alkaline Trio albums. Thank you. Because uh, I didn't know. Uh, I, and I, w- I still think it might be Good Morning, but uh, it was a lot closer than I thought because there are some fucking bangers on from here to Infirmary. Uh, next question is, uh, how likely is it that Price will be starting on the Sunday of the home opener weekend and would they skip the number five so, St- so Strowman starts the home opener? I don't know if they're going to do too much screwing around. I, I don't know what the schedule looks like in terms of days off and stuff. Or maybe they could go without a, the number five starter. Yeah, if it's everyone the, gets, it's just about the rest, right?
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it, the there's an off day the day before the home opener, I think, or mm-hmm. the, that otherwise Stroman would like. Stroman starts the first game, if they're you know if they skip the fifth starter. Then he would be on regular rest for the home opener, so he could start. He could start opening day and the home opener. Um, I don't know. I, I mentioned something about this, and someone's like, "Oh, Stroman wants to pitch the the home opener." I'm like, I don't know. Where, well, of course he does. I don't know where this person's getting that from. Yeah. Uh, but also, I don't think. I think it doesn't set up quite the same way for Boston. I think mm. they start a day later, so it's just like Price is going to go their mm. their opening day, and then. The earliest he could pitch is game two of that of that series, I think, with the Red Sox. So I think that's where he'd be spot like scheduled. And that's where Strowman would end up too if they start the fifth starter in the home opener. And then it would be Price Strowman game two. I think. I'm doing this from memory. Uh it's win win. I who gives a fuck.
0: I also I, I it would be fun. But number one, Marcus Strowman is not a guy with a huge back you know, a huge history of big inning seasons, so I don't think moving him around let him go on his regular rest as often as you can. And uh, Marcus Stroman started that the game five against the Orioles. Marcus Stroman made two three playoff starts. Home opener is a little further down the list now. Yeah, like I don't think there's any doubt that Mark they they are putting him as front and center as they possibly can. Yeah, uh, they've had those big graphics that he took a picture of oh, and yeah, put on in Twitter the, in and the stuff. Yeah, there. exactly. So uh, you know he'll get his shine if he doesn't get to start the home opener. And he does go, as you said, against Price the, the next day. Could work out pretty well either way. Um, who's going to be... Uh, Tyler Rosichuk wants to know... Uh, who wants to know who's going to be the mascot without a Mooney or an Omar or Mark DeRosa. Is there going to be a mascot this year?
1: Darwin Barney?
0: It's racist, man.
1: I, I'm just picking the like last guy on the bench. I don't fucking know.
0: Stroman... Skews ma- mascot in his own way. He's <laughs>
1: too good to be a mascot.
0: Is he? Is he too good? Strike somebody out. Just stri- go ahead. Just, just try he it on for strike. size, Marcus. He should just be like, hey, look at that swinging strike. Who fucking knew? Uh, another good question is uh, actually from Tyler again. Uh, is the new front office kind of moved on past the intangible? He uses the word BS that that became a priority for Aunt Alex Anthopoulos. I don't. I don't know. That's I don't it. know.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's. B- is it uh, BS? Is a strong word, but. It's a strong was, word, eh?
0: Hey, when when after what what happened when they focus on that stuff? They fucking won. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's
0: it's not to say that that's they didn't win because of it, but It's
1: it's it's that's bull that's all bullshit, obviously. I, I mean it's easy. It's a, I think maybe the question is more about like how they're spinning things. Like mm-hmm. everybody eats it up when it's like, oh, we're just getting quality people. That's what we really wanted. It like really helps gotten, when they do win. Josh Donaldson and David Price and Russell Martin. Yeah. And like it, like oh yeah yeah oh your focus was was getting good people. Really really. So when you went out and got mm-hmm. like one of, a top five pitcher and a top five position player, mm-hmm. it's like well, fuck you. It has anything to do with you know being good people.
0: Uh, That's a very good point Daniel uh, 36 He wants to know Is it dumb to hope That uh, Hutch uh, Drew Hutchison Returns to what What he was At the end of 2014 I don't know Dumb is the word Hopeful Yeah It's hopeful He's got stuff But like So do lots of guys Yeah That's all I want to say About that Because we've done this A few times before
1: Send him to Buffalo
0: Um, Who should do more Of the talking to the media For the Blue Jays Should it be Shapiro Or Ross Atkins uh, last year, AA took the lead. This is from Glenn. Handsome. Me. Uh, don't forget how often Paul Beeston showed up <laughs> on goddamn TV and on the radio. Let me tell you.
1: He does show up a lot. Too yeah. often.
0: That's the answer.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'd like to say Atkins, but, you know, anytime he speaks, people are like, oh, it's. He's just saying what Shapiro wants Like Shapiro's the guy
0: Sock puppet motherfucker um, Any <laughs> predictions for things that the Jays fans Will needlessly freak out about during spring training um, How about They will needlessly freak out About anything Performance wise that J-Hap does Yep,
1: first name came to my head too And
0: they sure. will overlook And make excuses for anything that Marcus Stroman does Stroman gets lit, not a big deal Hap gets lit, bad contract that's what's going to happen.
1: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. That's for sure.
0: Uh, and it's not fair, but that's how it's going to be. Uh, another, this is a great question I, I wanted to get to. I, this came as we were recording the first segment uh, from Matt Zettel. Matt wants to know, it's great that the Jays are putting in the dirt infield at the Rogers Center, but why not do the warning track as well? I like that idea. Pro- oh it should be Yeah I think the problem With that Buck though, Showalter it, Likes that idea It's Yeah no it's But I think it's the uh, Those big video fences Like they You can't be digging them up
1: I think I would just I would assume They could figure out a way If they weren't like Yeah Fuck it it's, that, That's like That's all this extra cost For what benefit really
0: Yeah that has like yeah, that, it's like
1: that's that, that's not. I think
0: well, I think there is value in in changing the, the warning track to make it an actual warning track. Yeah, not I'll, just yeah. different colored gunk that the player also, when you're running full speed.
1: It also seems to be have been fine. Like it, nobody's getting hurt out there. They get the they see the they People see get, the color change. Pretty close to getting hurt. Yeah, I know. I I don't know, but I I would assume it's just a cost thing to be honest. Like I think that's to, yeah. Uh that just would have been too much for the project. Too much in air quotes, because mm. obviously they could do it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I assume when they go to a, a real grass field, which I find at this point, I'm like,
0: do I even mean that seriously as though they're really going to do it eventually? Seems pretty uh, unlikely, given the realities of the situation. Yeah, they could do it. Seems like there are a lot of roadblocks.
1: Well, did you see the lot piece? Obviously about this, did we talk? We didn't talk about that. There no. are roadblocks. The Roblox is the, the roadblock is the cost. I think. Uh, you know, they talked about how they the Guelph researchers have grass that can live for ten weeks uh, before it starts to die, and uh, and it's like oh, 10 weeks. You know, if you install it just before, uh, you know, the start, you know, just before the start of the season. Uh, ten weeks—it's gonna be—it's tough. It's, it's a tough—it's a tough timeline in terms of like when they usually are able to open the mm. uh, the the roof and get real light in. So mm-hmm. they have to find, but they'll be able to find ways to get artificial light, prolong the the life of that grass, so that it all works out fine. I think um,
0: so. But but, but I, it's a,
1: but it's gonna be a matter of getting of the cost.
0: And it'll be re- it's gonna be really expensive, and it's easy to go like cheap Rogers, but it's like that's gonna be a. So much money to retrofit a 25-year-old stadium with drainage. Yeah. To go where? Like that? That that is a not an insignificant job. Not to say that they shouldn't do it, but uh, it's gonna t- someone's gonna take a big haircut on that. Last one. Here we go from Useless J Stats. He's uh, he or she, I should say. Uh, am I the only one wondering if the dirt infield could have an adverse effect on the defense by decreasing the infamous turf drag? To which I will say. As you mull it over. Uh-huh. The Blue Jays starting infield is going to be Josh Donaldson, Troy Chulewitzki, Ryan Goins, and half the time Justin Smoke. That is a fucking insane defensive infield. It's really good. Somebody was asking uh, a couple weeks ago if, if I thought that might, have, might be the best defensive infield the Blue Jays have ever run out there. And I don't remember much about Kelly Gruber's defense, to be honest. But I think it's probably up there. Yeah. I don't know how much better, like, Alomar and Fernandez and John Ulrood and good. Kelly Gruber or whoever could have been. <laughs> right. But that defense they've got now is insane. Yeah. So I think they could play that on the Rexall Center or whatever the name of this rink is or in this hockey game we're watching. They could play. They could. You could line those four guys up on this and they'd be fine.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Um
0: and whether it has an like, if the, if the Jays somehow benefit from, you know, other teams being bad, that went away, I think, pretty quick. You know, the I think so, yeah,
1: there. yeah, no, it all, the grass got kind of. You
0: can't defend when the ball goes into the seats. So the Blue Jays have a good offense for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. They will be fine.
0: Uh, anything else? This, anything is, else you this got? isn't
1: Jose Reyes and Emilio Bonifacio or my serious tourists out there. The Meister's back.
0: Woo! Oh yeah, there that's you go. That's true. That's true. Um, that's good. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. They were uh, they were great, and they saved us because we had we were staring at each other like fucking idiots. Oh yeah, trying to figure out what we were going to talk about today, uh, and it turned out to be uh, exciting. And then next week we get to talk about whoever got hurt at spring training between now and next Thursday.
1: Basically, yeah.
0: Who's it gonna be? God, I hope. You, God, I hope Michael Saunders recovers quickly. That's it for Mr. Andrew Stoughton, My name is Drew Ferris. I so want to say thank you. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.